fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market, laissez-faire, capitalist society, allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Look at that. It's that time again to start off a whole new day, a whole new week. Welcome into the Voice of Reason. Hopefully for many wrapping up their day. If not, then starting off that second shift, I've done that second and third shift, and holy cow, is it brutal. Welcome into the show. We have a lot to get to today. It is one where you start off the week with a bang, so to speak. Bottom of the hour, John O'Neill, author of the book The Dancer and the Devil. We'll be talking about the latest out of Russia and the Ukraine, what's going on with that conflict, where are we at with Vladimir Putin, and more. We'll get to some of that. Can I just be the first to say on radio, I'm not getting a monkeypox vaccine. Just throwing it out there. Not going to get that one. I know that we'll get to that here in a little bit as well. Welcome into the show. This is The Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country. Radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. Great to have you along today. Your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day. I don't want to waste any time because there's a lot to talk about today. We have elections tomorrow in some states for primaries, but some policy out of Washington, D.C., that we need to get to and talk about and we don't get to do this very often but in studio with us in our what's trending of the day what's trending today is my very own congressman great friend a great man up in washington dc fighting the good fight from the fourth district of the state of kansas here congressman ron estes with us here congressman how are you my friend hey andy how are you doing it is good to see you it has been a little bit since we've had you in studio so first off welcome back home to the district and out of the cesspool of Washington, D.C. Well, it's great to be home all the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot to talk about, and I know we have short time, so I appreciate, first off, you swinging by here and talking to us. The big stories, we've had inflation, we've had the economy, we'll get to all that here in just a little bit, but uh, some news actually on the immigration front issue just broke over the weekend and on Friday with Title 42. Obviously, the Biden administration wanting to rid of Title 42, meaning that we can stop someone from coming into the country if we're concerned about health risks with COVID-19. Trump started it. They wanted to end it. And now the courts ended up stopping that one. I almost think the Biden administration kind of went, because they were getting a lot of heat for that one, weren't they? Yeah, they've, they've gotten all the heat because uh, even even their Democrat members of uh, elected representatives and others are, are recognizing that uh, there's just so many problems going on. Yeah, I mean, you can, you can count one after the other, the failures of the Biden administration. And if, if you just start talking about the immigration and border security, I mean, stopping the wall, stopping the Remain in Mexico policy, allowing thousands of people to come across the border every day, you know, even President Obama's administration knew that. Uh, I mean, their their statement was that if there were a thousand people a day coming across the border, then uh, they considered that too many. Biden's been allowing seven thousand a day, and with if they eliminated Title Forty Two, the, they were estimating that it would be eighteen thousand people a day would come across the border illegally. And and so it's actually good that this judge said, okay, we need to we need to follow the laws yeah. that uh, talk about. Uh, health and human service, health-related aspects. And it's the same thing we're doing, you know, if you look at if you came into the country illegally, U.S. citizens who wanted to fly back into the United States, they'd have to have a COVID test Mm. and be negative, whereas they were allowing all of the illegals to come across the border uh, without any any kind of check is what, what their plan would have been. 
It's unfortunate. It's wild because we have all these immigration laws on the books of the process on how someone can apply for a refugee status or for a card, or a green card or a work visa, a student visa, whatever. We have all of these laws that are on the books and we're hanging on to this Title 42 right now as kind of the last hope because none of the other ones are actually being followed. I mean, if we would just follow our own laws and oh, by the way, maybe not just encourage and be like, hey, if you come here, we'll give you all these awesome social programs. That might be kind of a thing, too, I think. But we're hanging on this one thing right now that the Biden administration, like you said, is trying to repeal. They've stopped production of the wall. They're just letting the open uh, the open borders. The catch and release programs are back in play. It's a disaster all around. And it's something that the media has even just stopped talking about because they realize it's kind of a losing battle for them, isn't it? Yeah, they, when they've really broken so many things. And, and you know, Secretary Mayorkas uh, came and talked to Congress and he said, you know, his statement was that, they were effectively managing these thousands of people that are coming across the border every day. And he's wrong. I mean, they're not effectively managed. In fact, the issue is we shouldn't be having this many people cross the border illegal every day. Yeah. I mean, that's his role as health and human service, uh, uh, director of Homeland security to help make sure that the, the borders are secure, that w- we want immigration. I mean, the United States is the, the biggest immigrant country in the world and, and it always has been, and it always will be. Uh, and, so we, we need to support that, but we need to make sure that we have legal immigration. We need to make sure we secure our borders so that we know who comes across. I mean, it's it's so important to know, you know, that you're not allowing terrorists, that you're not allowing, uh, and in some cases we're seeing a lot more drugs coming across. Mm-hmm. Uh, fentanyl now and, and drug overdoses from fentanyl and other things are, it's the leading cause of death for adults 18 to 45. Yeah. And it's because they've just had this open borders policy and allowing all these people to come across. And, and it's really sad. They they seem to go out of their way to break good policy, and particularly if it, it came up <laughs> during the Trump administration. I mean, they've intentionally looked at how to stop it. And uh, it, it's a sad state that they're they're in charge of, of what they have this responsibility for, and they're just not getting the job done. Vice President Kamala Harris, so she made it to the board. She was supposed to be the czar of the task force for immigration and got kicked out of Central America. It, but yet she hasn't quite gone to the border yet, has yeah, she? She, re- she yeah. really hasn't. I mean, okay. now that she's gone to Europe, you know, she can go to the border. Ah, she's yeah, been to Europe twice. So, you know, as, as she jokingly talked about, which, which is kind of sad because, you know, I saw I saw a headline today that they've basically removed immigration from her schedule in terms of things that she's doing, uh, which which is a. A testament to what's going on with the Biden administration is that they're not getting the job done. I mean, they're talking a lot. The media is providing them cover and not holding them accountable for the things that they're either failing on or just not getting done. Yeah. And obviously, in this case, it's it's a huge problem. It's it's an issue for the country when we have people being uh, flown under cover of darkness all around the country, and we we don't know it. We I it appears that the American government is being involved in this human trafficking to help move mm-hmm. these people around the country. And our, our laws, our laws need changed. I mean, our immigration laws need to be addressed. Uh, it's too difficult for somebody to, to go through the process legally. And it's certainly we need to make sure that the, the people that come in illegally uh, are handled appropriately. Right. Uh, but we, we do need to in, 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 uh, improve our immigration laws. And uh, obviously, we need to do work on our border security. Well, and like you said, we just need to stop aiding in the trafficking to getting the individuals and the caravans from coming on up here and actually working with the nations they're coming from to fix them, to get rid of the illegal activity, the cartels, the the overlords, the tyrants, whatever's going on there, to give them 
an opportunity to actually make a good country for themselves as opposed to trying to flee thousands of miles over to our U.S. border and overwhelm our system. It's just a bad deal all around, I think, for even their countries as well. It's Congressman Ron Estes from the 4th District here in the state of Kansas. Let's shift gears a little bit. You're on the Ways and Means Committee. You get to handle the finances of the government, or at least you get to bang your head against the wall while the others do their stuff. We're dealing with 8.5% inflation rates right now. We're dealing with $5 gas across parts of the country. Here in Kansas, where we're at, it's over $4 now, or $4-ish across most of ours. And from what we hear, it's not getting any better. And when we ask the Biden administration about it, all they say is, we're paying off the deficit in records amount. We're doing great because we're paying off the deficits, and we're doing better than anybody else when it comes to paying off debts for the country. Is that true? Oh, it's it's a misdirection as well. I mean... Uh, President Biden pushed through this $3.5 trillion spending boondoggle in his first 100 days in office, and now he's comparing this year when he doesn't have a $3.5 trillion spending boondoggle and saying, <laughs> oh, well, look, we're, we, we've reduced the spending. We've reduced the deficit. Uh, in the meantime, they've basically, this is this is another area where it's basically an failure. I mean, yeah. from the get-go, the first week they were in office, uh, Biden administration went after the fossil fuels industry, took away American independence in terms of our, our energy independence. And what we've seen is a steady climb of gas prices. In fact, uh, even today, I mean, this week, uh, gas prices are up higher than they were last week. Yeah. And, you know, the first the first year that Biden was in office, gas prices went from an average of $2.31 to uh, over $3.48. In, in that very first year, uh, that was long before Russia – uh, did an invasion of of Ukraine and attack there, which that that goes to show that when world events happen, you need to be prepared. And right. what the Biden administration has done is weaken the country and actually hampering our economy. I mean, we had a a booming economy that was coming out of the COVID nineteen, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that helped set the economy going forward, and and now with the with gas prices the way they are, uh, we're seeing that feed into inflation because. You have to rely on gas and diesel to get food to the grocery store and get uh, all your other goods delivered if you're yep. having new furniture or or other things, and and that's just driving through the economy in general and 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 having some devastating consequences. And there's talk now that we're going to go into recession because the Federal Reserve is going to have to raise interest rates in order to stop the inflation that's been caused by by Biden's uh, mismanagement of the oil and gas. How does that work? I don't understand how raising interest rates lowers inflation rates. That doesn't make any sense to me. So, the, so part, I mean, the real uh, driver for inflation is too much money chasing the same amount of goods. Mm. Uh, it's, it goes back to supply uh, uh, economics, supply sure. and demand. And so basically if, if, if there's three people that want to buy the same two items, then they're going to get into a bidding war and pay more. Sure. And that's where inflation comes from is when more people have more money that's out there chasing those the same amount of goods. And so what raising interest rates does is say, okay, well, now in some cases I, I can't borrow to buy that car, borrow to buy that house. or It's going to kind of weed out some of the market. To make that investment. And and what that does is it, it reduces some of that demand, which then allows prices to level off and stabilize. Problem is now they've allowed it to go so long. The Federal Reserve and Treasury Secretary Yellen were were making the big political comments last year that oh, inflation is just transitory; it's not going to be a big problem. Right. And now they're behind the curve, which means that because prices have risen so high, now we're starting to see a need for wages to come up, which is then going to create another cycle of inflation. Yep. 
And so it, it's really problematic what they've done and allowed to happen to our economy. Well, it's the vicious cycle, and that's what happens when we print too much damn money. That's what it comes down to, isn't it? I mean, last year, like you said, with all the stimulus payments and all the spending from Biden and with the infrastructure bill and everything else, it just printed money on the deficit that we didn't have any money for. We printed off, and now we have way too much money in the system, and it's just causing that massive inflation rate. It really is, and it and it's going to be a long-term consequences because we're, we're already seeing now the, the wage increases – even though they're not enough to offset inflation, but they add another cost and another burden. And, yeah. you know, when you when you look at small businesses, I mean, over 70%, over three-fourths of businesses have already raised prices. Yeah. And uh, the last survey I saw, there were 60% of the businesses are worried about whether they'll be able to stay in business because of the rising costs that they can't pass on to consumers. Unbelievable. And it's only going to get worse. It's not going to be like an end of the year fix. I mean, we're a couple of years out on this battle in it, aren't we? Yeah, it really is. I, I, I expect the, you know, the last two months inflation has been, I mean, 8.3% in March and, and 8.5% in March and 8.3% in April, you know, the 8.5% was record high 40 year high yeah. uh, in terms of inflation. Uh, I do think that'll taper off a little bit as interest rates r- rise, but It'll be at the end of the year. I still think we'll be at around a five or six percent inflation rate because it just takes time to catch up through the process. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Let's take a break here real quick. When we come back, I want to continue this conversation with the food shortage, the latest with the gas and energy as well, like you mentioned, and then get your thoughts on some other issues with the last couple minutes that we have. It's a Monday. Boy, we're going to cram a lot into this program today here for The Voice of Reason. is Congressman Ron Estes from the 4th District right here in the state of Kansas, my friend here. And my representative will do some more of that when we come back here on a Monday episode of The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here reminding you not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at network at gmail.com. Again, that's network at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at network at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at hoosierreason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at network at gmail.com or find our contact information at hoosierreason.com. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. So I'm getting a lot of messages on the live stream right now. I'm not getting my monkeypox vaccination. Uh, we're calling it right now. We know you're going to push it, World Health Organization. We know you're going to push it, NIH and CDC. We're just saying it right now. We didn't get the COVID-19 vaccine. We're not getting this. The It's the monkeypox, right? Yeah, monkeypox. Yeah, I don't, whatever. Uh, Congressman Ron Estes, we got a couple of minutes left here with you, which I appreciate the time very much. As we talk about the high inflation rates and the gas prices, it seems like especially with gas prices right now, we have done, meaning the Biden administration, has done everything but what actually needs to be done, which is just drill, baby, drill, and let's you know replenish the supply. We put the sanctions on Russia. Okay, I get it. Although a lot of the sanctions don't even take effect until next month while they're still waging their war. We have tried to buy from Saudi Arabia and from other places around the world. We've tried to release our oil reserves a million barrels a day when we're consuming 24 million barrels a day. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, we've extended the ethanol with the E15 throughout the summertime. All of that's all good and hunky-dory. Still doesn't address the one thing that's actually happening, which is the high gas prices right now. And even with all the implementation that he's tried to do, hasn't helped to relieve gas prices at all. Are we finally going to get to the point to where they can't beat around the bush anymore and say, all right, I guess we have to drill some more oil? Yeah, it's it's really sad that they've done everything except the right things, you yeah. know, from this standpoint. You know, if you look at, you know, what's the least pollutant uh, production of oil and gas? <laughs> it's the United States. Yeah. And so they've shut that off. And instead, they've tried to encourage Russia to produce more, tried to encourage Middle East to produce more. You know, at the same time, you know, when we lost our energy independence, uh, you know, the world's not a safest place without the United States having energy independence. I mean, you think back uh, during the Trump administration, we didn't have Russia attacking other countries. We didn't have Iran's proxies uh, attacking Israel yeah. because we were we were we knew we couldn't that they couldn't uh, shut our economy down by cutting off supply of oil. Right. And, you know, releasing this, the oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve is another mistake. The whole purpose why we have that is if there is a cutoff of the supply of oil. Yeah. And and so by taking that out now uh, means we won't have it in and if, if we need it. And so we, we need to increase the, the supply. I mean, that's the whole point of uh, when prices go up, it's because there's a mismatch between supply and demand. So we need to make sure that there's uh, more supply going on to, to address our demand as we continue to come out of COVID and, and continue to make sure that we, we address the supply chain shortages that are broken and, and making sure that we move the country forward. Yeah, it, it really is. Like you said, it's beating around the bush and it's unfortunate. Basic economy, economics 101 puts more supply into the market and we can lower these prices. It, it really is. And we, 
We want to push to make sure we have a strong America. And this is the whole point that uh, seems to be missed by the Biden administration. Yeah, exactly. we got just about a minute left here. Being on the Ways and Means Committee, what's the conversation right now going into summertime? I know this time you guys usually start talking about like appropriations bills and budgetary things. How is that process starting right now? And could we potentially actually have our 12 appropriations bills by the end of this budget cycle? Well, the discussion started now. Uh, the appropriations committees uh, uh, hearing having hearings, so it's kind of going through that process, yeah. uh, working on that. Uh, I I think the bills will be passed out of the house probably by the end of July, um, but our deadline is the end of September, and I just don't think the House and the Senate are going to come to some conclusion by the end of September in an election year yeah. and agree to what's a full year's appropriation. It's it's been this way for the last twenty plus years that we've we've not got a full year's appropriations bill passed uh, end up doing a continuing resolution probably till december uh i'm not making any christmas plans yet because i think <laughs> there's going to be uh, a lot of work to do after the election before the republicans take the majority in the house of representatives and, and in the senate yeah sounds vaguely familiar every christmas will the government shut down and or will they continue their spending that's what we've heard every single year for how many years now for around Christmas time. It's Congressman Ron Estes, 4th District of Kansas, right here in my home district here in the state. Congressman, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. Keep up the fight. I know it's frustrating, but maybe after November you could have some more friendly leadership to get some stuff done. That's right. Hopefully you can push on all those policies that make America strong instead of wow. breaking so many things like the Biden administration. Did. Wouldn't that be nice? Congressman, good to see you, my friend. All right. Thank you. Always a pleasure. John O'Neill, right around the corner when we come back. The Dancer and the Devil is his book. We'll talk about Russia and the Ukraine when we come back here on The Voice of Reason. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right you are. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, wherever you may be watching or listening, we appreciate you very, very much. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. Thanks again to my very own congressman here in the 4th District of Kansas, where I reside with our flagship radio station. Congressman Ron Estes swinging in studio with us for the last half hour. We appreciate that very much. Always love chatting with him. He's a great friend. So fun story real quickly about him. When I first got into radio back in, uh, I want to say 10 years ago, about 10, 11 years ago, I was working actually for the same company that I work at right now uh, as an operations manager, but on our western part of the state out in Kansas and a little bitty radio station out in Garden City, Kansas. 
And the very first time I interviewed him, he was actually running for state treasurer here in the state. And we had a great interview. Everything went great. Years later, I moved to Colorado, do some stuff, come back to Kansas here and uh, out here in our flagship where I'm at now. And he's running for Congress and end up interviewing him. He remembers the interview. We remember each other, chat, uh, hit it off again. And uh, we've been great friends since. And it's always good to have him on. So anytime, anytime we want him on, they always uh, line it up. And we always appreciate his entire team getting him lined up and getting him in studio or at least on the phone, even in Washington, D.C. He's come out of votes on the floor to come out and talk to us on the phone. So it's always good to chat. And we appreciate him very, very much. All right. Uh, and a great fighter, by the way, too. He's a great conservative, solid guy. And looking forward to him walking away with this election coming up in November. We'll talk about election season a little bit later. Right now, let's get into what's trending. What do you say? What's trending today? Also happy to have this guy back on the show. It's been a little bit since we've had him on. He has a few op-eds out talking about the latest and greatest going on. Also, his new book, The Dancer and the Devil. Excited to have back on the program with us here, Mr. John O'Neill. John, how are you, my friend? Oh, it's great to be on your show, Andy. Yeah, it's always good to talk, chat with you. I loved our conversation last time, the history of Russia, what's going on with Vladimir Putin. And I tell you what, it's it's only getting worse. Everything that you said is starting to unfold right before our eyes here regarding the paranoia of Putin and the way that government operates. He's, uh, he's going under the scope so many times with this uh, medical diagnosis. We're starting to see maybe the establishment uh, part of the Russian government begin to collapse a little bit, don't you think? Yes, uh, Andy, I think, I think it's since the last time we talked that um, a total of seven different oligarchs have supposedly committed suicide, now eight, um, <laughs> in places from Spain to England, and they all, uh, three of them are really ho- horrific, because supposedly they committed suicide first butchering their children mm-hmm. and their wives. And of course, the Russian police claimed that they were murder suicide, but they were they were literally murders. They were uh, secret liquidations um, that Putin is specialized in through a unit called Unit Six One Five Five Five. There are any number of people he's done. What they do is they allow him to be deniable to the world, just as Stalin was. But every single person in Russia knows the message of those, which is that if you oppose Vladimir Putin. Not only will you die, but your little kids will die. Hmm. And uh, so that, that's the sort of monster the world is dealing with in Putin. That is really unfortunate, and it's very scary. But now we're starting to see it. There's a headline on Fox today about uh, one of his, what was it, high top Russian officials, military officials, or diplomat. It was a diplomat, U.N. diplomat, is now quitting his position in Russia over the Ukrainian war. And he went on the media trashing Vladimir Putin. I mean, that's uh, that's a bold statement for someone who has a risk of their life being involved, isn't it? It is. Uh, Anna, uh, the thing I follow a little bit, because our, you know, our book begins with a ballerina being poisoned by, uh, by Stalin, and music and ballet is integral to the Russian soul. Yeah. So I sort of follow music, and the first thing that, uh, the recent thing that's happened is all the ballet people. From, from the Miranowski and from uh, the Bolshoi. They're all leaving Russia. I mean, it's like the soul of Russia vanishing. Wow. They had a, a uh, concert in Moscow last weekend where they tried to play stupid songs, and the, the entire uh, audience started chanting, blank the war, blank the war, and then they cleared out the uh, audience. Um, so, yes, people are, are learning what this monster was doing in the Ukraine. He controls the media 100%, but the word sort of gets out eventually. 
And I think that people are actually learning. I don't think that the guys in the military are very proud of what they've been involved in. Yeah, well, that's the big question now. Is it going to work? Because you're right, now that you can't control the media, there's something called the Internet and tons of social media sites where you're going to get outside news and outside influence of what's going on and realize what's going on. Is this going to make a difference with hundreds of thousands of people starting to protest and saying blank the war and protesting against the government? What will Putin do? Will he back down to try and keep his persona or will he hunker down and try and continue to pursue? A tragic thing to me, Andy, about people, and you could really see it in Nazi Germany, is that if he had quickly conquered the Ukraine, uh, people probably would have ignored the barbarism involved in this guy. But where he ha- is now at a draw in the Ukraine and suffering heavy casualties, I think he becomes very unpopular very, very quickly. Um, it's one thing to fight for your country. It's another thing to fight to butcher a lot of peaceful people. And that's, of course, what he's been doing. And, yeah, I think people are realizing it. And I think that the groundswell of resistance to him is growing, including in the military. The problem is he's surrounded by a group of people that call themselves the Silovic, the strong men. They're all KGB guys that grew up in the KGB with him, and they're as bad as he is, or worse. And those are the guys that protect him and surround him. And so breaking kind of a, like a nut, breaking that is tough. The oligarchs who put him in power were climbing on a horse that they no longer control. And so they're riding a horse that's crazy, if you want to consider it that way. And that's a little bit the problem getting rid of him. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's not going to be a whole lot of change if they do get rid of him and put somebody else in. It's going to be just a different name, but the same movement with this former KGB Soviet-style mentality where they want to reunite the uh, the Soviet Union. Well, you've got to get rid of the whole uh, the, the whole strongman group. They ruled in a party that purported to be sort of just an anti-West party, combining everything from people who claim to be sort of religious conservatives all the way through communists and all. Yeah. Of course, that was a facade. The communists controlled the entire party, always did. And um, so, uh, you know, in any normal election in Russia, Putin would get wiped out right now. And uh, he knows that. Of course, the type of election they have is the sort of election that Stalin always had. It's a 99% election where everybody supposedly votes the same way. Sure. Was it a shocker to you that he did a rally, uh, what was it, a month ago, a few weeks ago, when you know a couple thousand people showed up at the stadium and he went out there and started talking? Because he never makes public appearances. But do you think he did that because he knows his poll ratings are so low? Or why do you think he actually made a personal appearance of the people? That was to demonstrate that he's still popular, supposedly, mm-hmm. because he's so unpopular and so many people were arrested. Of course, you understand those were all government employees. And if you want, if you want to keep your job, you know, as a mailman, you had to show up and 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 carefully supervise uh, cheer. I don't think he'd do that again right now. A month ago, that might have worked. I think he'd be too afraid today if he did it that it wouldn't be cheered that he'd be getting even out of the government employees. Mm. Um, you, you remember? Uh, it reminds you a lot of the of the uh, deals that Stalin had, the big mass rallies, or Hitler before him, uh, always with with uh, kind of party members and so on. Yeah. Um, but this guy, uh, this guy's committed the unpardonable sin in a totalitarian regime of losing, uh, or at least of, of uh, breaking even. And that's, uh, that's the mortal sin. 
of people who think there is no spiritual world, no right or wrong, it still is a terrible sin to lose. And that's what he's done so far. Yeah, well, and that's what he tried to play on when he did that rally as well, saying that God told him he had to do this because he's giving them religious uh, freedom and they're being persecuted in the Ukraine, and God told him to go and free those people and bring them back into the rain. So he played to that crowd. He's the same God that says that the uh, he purports to, he, sometimes he purports to be a Christian, and he claims that the Christian church should canonize Lenin and Stalin because they're both the greatest of Christian saints. Uh, Stalin killed 127,000 priests in one year, 1927. Uh, so it, it, it is the ultimate uh, sort of uh, Marxist babble that he uses. He views churches as a place that you can uh, take people like drunks and they can get over sort of believing in God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's who he is. Of course, the church, the Russian Orthodox Church, has been kicked out of the Orthodox churches of the world because it's controlled by the KGB. It's not a normal Christian church of any kind. And so the Orthodox churches want nothing to do with it. Interesting. We have just about a minute here before we have to take a hard break. We're talking with John O'Neill, author of the book, The Dancer and the Devil. You can find them online, dancerandevil.com. Real quickly, in about 60 seconds, try and remind us again, how was uh, Vladimir Putin tied to Stalin? Because obviously he grew up around that, but how was he connected? His uh, grandfather was Stalin's cook and taster. He was probably there the night that Stalin was poisoned by Beria. His father was an exterminator for the KGB, then called the NKVD, in the Ukraine. His job was to follow the Red Army in the Ukraine and shoot people in the back of the head. Uh, Putin himself was a KGB official. He never, never saw combat. He avoided Afghanistan, avoided any sort of combat. And he grew up in the KGB beginning in 1975 as a lawyer, KGB lawyer. And the people surrounding him are all other KGB officials. Uh, He said that Stalin is a great man, the greatest man that he's just misunderstood. People just don't understand Stalin. He actually put Stalin's name on the side of all the buses in Moscow. If you go to Moscow, you'll see Stalin's name (laughs) right on the side of the buses. I think they're taking it off these days. Uh, Uh, Remember that... Poor Putin, Stalin, had fallen into great disfavor in Russia. Yeah. His popularity rating was below 10%. They had taken him out of the tomb and buried him in the dirt. Um, and uh, so that's, that's him. He's that's, a new Stalin. That's interesting. John, hold on the line here. we got to take a hard break. I want to continue this conversation when we come back. Imagine having that job, being the cook and the taste tester for Stalin, who's concerned about someone poisoning him. I'd be a little fearful to go to work every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you, not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Boy, I gotta say, this show is flowing right on by for the first day of the week. Fastest hour of radio on radio. I don't care what platform you say you're on. We're also on multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, podcasting. Hanging out with us. We appreciate you very, very much. Right now, John O'Neill's hanging out with us here, author of the book The Dancer and the Devil. You can find them online, DancerAndDevil.com, getting into the history and understanding of Russia a little bit, why they're doing what they're doing with the Ukraine, and what the heck could we see by the end of this one. Let's talk about the military for a second, John. We have I've heard, and I don't know if this is true or not, that the amount of casualties that they've lost with this conflict with Ukraine is nearly a third of their military. They haven't been able to take over when they're a vastly larger military with equipment and with strength compared to the Ukraine. Uh, they were rumored to be like the third strongest military on the face of the earth behind the U.S. and China. Uh, is that true? And why are they failing so miserably right now? Was it because they just thought it was going to be easy? Did they get bad military intel? Are they really just trying and the Ukrainians are that strong? Like, what's going on right now? Well, there are two factors, really, Andy. First, uh, it, you, there's a tremendous difference between trying to conquer a people and trying to have your own home conquered. Mm. And the Ukrainians have been enslaved before by the Russians and by Stalin. They lost $8 million the last time Stalin enslaved them. And so they're fighting like hell for home and family, you know, and all the, all the reasons you and I would fight for. The Russians don't have the same motivation. The second thing is, tactically, the Russian army is still fighting with the tactics of World War II, and now they're fighting against Havilland missiles. You know, it's it's the single greatest. I mean, the Russian army was one of the great military forces in the history of man. Yeah. I don't mean good, but I do mean powerful. And this has been a tremendous blow to its prestige. The one good thing about this, or another good thing, is it may stop Xi from invading uh, Taiwan. Xi clearly intends to invade Taiwan. He, a, a very important development three days ago is Xi uh, required all the Chinese oligarchs to bring all their, their money home, to bring it all back to China. That's usually a step that indicates somebody's about to attack. That's exactly what Putin did in 2014, again, uh, not so long ago here to make them impervious to sanctions. And so we may see a twofer here. We may still see an attack on Taiwan across the Straits of Taiwan in the next six months. 
That is very scary. That is scary. And that's what I wanted to ask. We got just a couple minutes left here before we have to wrap up. But what does the future look like, both with Russia? Will they continue this? And with the instability of Putin right now, will they finally realize maybe this isn't the best idea? And do you think this could lead to China actually trying to invade Taiwan? I think uh, Putin's on the fade now. Uh, I don't think he'll use nuclear weapons. I do think the big threat from him is special weapons. Uh, in other words, you've seen like the monkey virus appearing everywhere. Well, this is a man who's tremendously armed with special weapons and with biological weapons. And that's the real risk from Putin. On, on Xi and China, it's hard to interpret him in any other way other than an iron determination to take over Taiwan militarily. He's built up a huge force of, of naval force on the, um, in the Straits of Taiwan. He is a mock carrier that he's been hitting with rockets in western China that we've seen. He's now summoned all the money home from, uh, from China. Yeah. He's made arrangements to get oil from Russia, and he's giving every indication that he's about to attack Taiwan. Well, we got to be prepared for that one as well. Do you think that a international conflict could start? I mean, Finland, since we've last talked, Finland's tried to apply for NATO, which Putin said he doesn't want NATO on his border, and he's tried to arm up around that area as well. Is that going to be a cause for concern here shortly as well? I don't think so. Um, once he's attacked the Ukraine, he's sort of done what he can do. Um, you know, he on occasion threatens nuclear weapons, Andy, but nuclear weapons are a two-edged sword. You know, if he incinerates London, Moscow gets incinerated. So I think his, he knows that's what uh, Stalin was in the course of, of planning to do when he was assassinated by Beria. And I think that, that he would be rapidly assassinated if he tried to tried to do that. Um, I think, you know, uh, China, I think China's coming. Um, and so I think we'd best be prepared. And I think we're pretty badly prepared after the Pacific right now. Yeah, that is very true. It's The Dancer and the Devil. Great information. What a book to read about Stalin, Pavlova, and the road to the great pandemic. Dancerandevil.com is the website. Go and check it out. John, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. I love learning about the history. I love learning about what's going on over there. we got to get you back on again soon. I'd love to love to come, Andy. It's always a joy to be on your – I hope people get their kids to hey. read this book. They're all indoctrinated so much with Marxism. Amen to that. To- what actually happens in these Marxist countries, the terrible ways yeah. people live. Amen to that. Nope, well, John, I appreciate it. That's it. DancerAndDevil.com. Go and check out the book. It's John O'Neill. We appreciate that. We'll do it again. Until then, podcast up in just a little bit. Back at it tomorrow. We'll see you on the radio. Have a good one. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media.